Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Hey there, I'm Kyle Trigstad, politics editor for Bloomberg Government. And I'm Greg Giroux, senior elections reporter for Bloomberg Government. Check out our podcast, Down Ballot Counts. Each week, Greg and I will be breaking down all of those down ballot elections that make up the fight for the U.S. Congress. Listen and subscribe to Down Ballot Counts from Bloomberg Government wherever you get your podcasts. Andrew Wheeler gave a speech last week. He probably gave several, actually, but we're going to hone in on just one because it reveals a lot about how he and his agency think about racial justice, and maybe even about how the president is trying to win re-election this fall. Hello, and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So Andrew Wheeler gives a ton of speeches all the time. He's a member of the president's cabinet, so that's kind of just part of the job. But last week he spoke in California about an issue that's been at the top of many of our minds recently, racial justice. In this speech, Wheeler talked about how the EPA under both his and previous administrations hasn't done enough to address issues of environmental justice. Those are environmental problems that disproportionately affect people with low incomes and people of color. He also laid out a big five-point plan to reorient several EPA programs to correct these historical mistakes. The topic of the speech was notable enough by itself, but the timing, just two months before the elections, of course can't be ignored. To break all this down for us, we brought in Bloomberg Law's Stephen Lee. Stephen covered the rollout of Wheeler's environmental justice plan, and he started off by explaining exactly what environmental justice is. Environmental justice, or EJ, is a movement to fix policies that have really for decades been disproportionately harmful to the air, water, and land in low-income communities of color. Those are the neighborhoods where, you know, factories and landfills and power plants, toxic dump sites, highways, uh, you know, tend to be built. And EJ activists essentially just want fair treatment. They want a seat at the table in decision-making. and But most of all, they want that stuff to be cleaned up. Now, it's, it's not a new thing. This movement has been alive for generations. There have always been people who have built grassroots coalitions and petitioned the government and staged nonviolent protests you know, in their communities. They have historically borrowed a lot of the same tactics that were used in the civil rights movement in the 60s. But I think it's fair to say that Given the national attention that is being paid to racism in this country right now, after the killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and so many others, that 
EJ leaders, I think, see an opportunity to make some real progress and get some things done now. But I, I think that's a great point because it's not necessarily intuitive. I think you think, oh, we all breathe the air. We all drink the water. So if there's pollution in the air, there's pollution in the water. It affects everyone. But what EJ activists, environmental justice activists, have been saying for a long time is that, no, it actually doesn't affect everyone. Uh, the the burdens of pollution are disproportionately felt by people of color and people who have low incomes. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's worth noting also that there is kind of a chicken and egg problem here. It, it's like, okay, do companies build polluting facilities in low-income communities because that's where land is cheap? Or, or, or do low-income folks tend to move to those places with polluting facilities because that's what they can afford? You know, sometimes these two dynamics kind of blend together. But either way, to your point, there is, I think, clear evidence that those communities do suffer worst environmental impacts and have for a really long time. Yeah, and just as, as an example of this, this is something that we've talked about before on the podcast, uh, but the the vast majority of Superfund sites, which are the most polluted sites uh, in the country, are located very, very close to public housing. That was a, a stat that was unearthed by our colleague Sylvia Kerrigan, and, and it's that, that is an example of you know, one of the sort of premier environmental justice issues. Yeah, I think that's right. Super fun sites. And also one thing that you hear a lot about is, um, you know, like transportation stuff, big highways, highway interchanges. Um, You don't see those kinds of beautiful highways going through, you know, the lush landscape of like Westchester County. uh, In New York, right? Exactly. Yeah, it tends to be in, you know, poor uh, communities of color. That's where they build that stuff. Yeah. So let's get to Andrew Wheeler. He's the uh, head of the EPA, appointed by President Trump uh, a few years ago. He recently gave a speech where he was talking about uh, his thoughts on environmental justice and what the EPA needs to do. And based on your reporting, it sounded like he almost struck a um, a self-critical tone, uh, which is surprising from any cabinet official in any administration, but especially this one. Uh, am I right? It, it, was he a little bit self-critical about what the EPA has done on EJ under his tenure? Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think a little bit. I mean, I did not hear Wheeler say that the Trump EPA specifically has done a bad job on right. EJ. What I heard him say was that the EPA as an institution historically yeah. hasn't handled it in the right way going back many years. Now, you will hear lots and lots of EJ activists who will say that the Trump EPA has failed in ways that previous administrations have not and that things have gotten worse for them under uh, President Trump. But I didn't hear Wheeler himself take on the blame and say, you know, we, the Trump EPA, have fallen down on the job. But you're right. Just the acknowledgement that, you know, my administration and the one before that and the one before that, you know, have really not done enough on this issue is, is I think, a unique statement in and of itself. Yeah, he, he said that, um, you know, we need to do a better job, not and not just the EPA, but the entire kind of machinery of the federal government needs to do a better job of, you know, taking care of um, these racial disparities and but that this is a as I say this is a problem that's been going on for a long time and he's got a plan that he laid out to um, to to get better. We're going to take a quick break now, but when we get back, 
we'll talk about whether Wheeler's speech served double duty as a campaign rally for his boss. Stay with us. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business, demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. We're back and we're talking with Bloomberg Law's Stephen Lee about Andrew Wheeler's new five-point plan to address environmental justice issues. Stephen went into exactly what is in this plan and what it would do. He laid out five things in his speech uh, last week. Okay, number one, creating a community-driven environmentalism that promotes community revitalization. Number two, meeting the 21st century demands for water. Number three, reimagining Superfund as a project-oriented program. Four, reforming the permitting process to empower states. And five, creating a holistic pesticide program for the future. The, the, the part about being holistic was one of the real core themes of his address. You know, um, it was a little bit light on specifics. Maybe that's because this was kind of a big picture sort of State of the Union type speech. But what I heard broadly was that the the federal government and the EPA, you know, in, in over the next four years um, is going to reorganize the way it works with communities in a broad way that doesn't just address spot fixes here and there. You know, he gave the example of a uh, an EJ community that fixes its air attainment but still has lead in the water pipes in schools. Right. So he 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 wants to coordinate with communities to in some way kind of attack the 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 broad sort of systemic problems that a community is facing. All sources of pollution, not just, you know, one at a time. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get the sense that uh, environmental activists and specifically environmental justice activists uh, weren't really, you know, bowled over by this uh, address. I, you quoted one of them as calling uh, his speech Orwellian. Um, tell me about their reaction. What what don't they like about what uh, the the administrator here is proposing? Uh, I think the thing about Orwellian was a reference to kind of like double speak. Um, sure. Yeah. Y- you know, you're right. It's it's not going over well at all among EJ folks. I talked to a lot of them after the speech, and they pretty much all said they find it hypocritical for Wheeler to make these kinds of claims, given the EPA's record over the last four years. They point to a long list of rollbacks, uh, right, that the Trump EPA has uh, undertaken, everything from mercury emissions from power plants to methane leaks from gas pipelines to going outside the EPA, the rollbacks of the National Environmental Policy Act. And that's something that underprivileged communities have relied on very heavily to have a voice in 
the construction of highways and bridges and transmission lines and all sorts of things that can be really harmful to their communities. So, you know, based on that track record, they just simply do not believe that these are now priority issues. Um, and others have said that the promises that were laid out in the speech were, you know, quite vague. And so how do we know that these grand promises are going to become a reality? Uh, on the other hand, Wheeler's supporters will say that the best way you can help EJ communities is by giving people jobs. And that has been a big priority of the Trump administration. Right. To, to, to you know, get environmental regulations out of the way of businesses and to, you know, give them more flexibility to, to do what they need to do or want to do. Right. Lift people out of poverty. That's the way that you really can help these, these people who are um, struggling with um, pollution. And I think it's also true that, you know, look, agencies' priorities can evolve. Even if something hasn't been high on the to-do list in the past, that doesn't mean it still can't be an aspirational goal going forward. Finally, though, let's talk about the timing of this speech that the, the, the administrator gave. Uh, we are about two months away from the elections uh, in November. Uh, I know cabinet officials you know, aren't really supposed to sort of campaign for their bosses, but do you think there was some element here uh, of uh, Andrew Wheeler maybe trying to sway some voters in urban areas or in uh, low-income or, or ethnic communities uh, to maybe sort of vote for his boss? I mean, was that... Is there any indication that played into this? That's a tricky one. I've been thinking about that. I mean, you know, first of all, there is this narrative that voters of color almost universally are not with President Trump. So what's the point in trying to reach out to those communities, right? But I I think that's a bit of an oversimplification. I mean, there there is polling out there that shows that I think about 10% of the black population and like a third, up to a third of Hispanic voters identify as Republicans and that has been stable over time. So, I mean, look, who knows how accurate that polling is. Uh, but the point is, it's not as though Trump can afford to completely ignore those people. I, I, I heard also a theory from an environmentalist that the promises that Andrew Wheeler laid out are a way for the Trump administration to give a kind of, you know, permission to either unmotivated voters or undecided voters, if there are any left, to support the president. You know, it, he, he was talking about voters who maybe they're undecided uh, or they're not sure if they're going to vote, but they care about the environment. They care about racial justice. They want to be able to vote for President Trump without feeling as though they're violating their principles. So maybe Wheeler's speech carved out a lane for them to do that. That was his theory, not mine. But um You know, look, the thing is, as I mentioned, we tend not to think that there are a whole lot of voters out there who don't yet know whether they're in the Trump camp or the Biden camp and for whom these remarks could tip the scales. Well, and the other thing that I thought about when I I read your story and I I saw the speech, and this is, again, very speculative. We're kind of trying to get inside Andrew Wheeler's head here. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But the other thing I thought about is that, you know, it's possible that, that President Trump may lose uh, the election, in which case Andrew Wheeler would no longer be the head of the EPA, or it's possible that you know Trump may win re-election and decide to go with uh, a new administrator for his second term. If that's the case, Andrew Wheeler has to be thinking about his legacy and how people will remember him as the head of the EPA. Do you think that this 
uh, speech and this type of initiative is a part of his thinking about, I want to sort of bolster my legacy before I may leave office here? Uh, I wonder about that. You know, Andrew Wheeler is like a relatively young guy. He's he's going to continue to work after um, he leaves the EPA. I'm I think it is fair to say that, you know, nobody wants to be on record as having done nothing in uh, this kind of Black Lives Matter (laughs) moment. Like you you want to have something on your resume that shows that you did take action. Um, And on a somewhat unrelated point, you know, the EPA does say that they have since the killing of George Floyd, they have done a lot of internal training and a lot of sort of um, soul searching, if you like, about their kind of internal policies and how how they as an organization need to respond to this moment. So I don't know. I mean, um, it's 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 a possibility. I've also heard people say, you know, supporters of um, this administration that Andrew Wheeler is a guy that cares about you know, racial injustice and environmental justice, and he has for a long time. And so you have to take him at his word when he says that he wants to do better for these communities. He means it. And that'll do it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check out our website, news.bloombergenvironment.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergenvironment.com. Today's episode of Parts for Billing was produced by myself and Josh Block. Parts for Billing was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. The music for today's episode is A Message by Jazar and Road to Memphis by Paul Bouchara and Emmanuel Jeanbonnet. They were used under a Creative Commons license. Thank you for listening. The killers of Berta Caceres had every reason to believe they'd get away with murder. Her work as an environmental activist won her the admiration of celebrities in California, politicians in Washington, and the indigenous communities she worked alongside in Honduras. It also earned her powerful enemies. On a new podcast from Bloomberg Green, Blood River follows a four-year quest to find Berta Caceres' killers. Join journalist Monty Real and the team from Bloomberg Green as they untangle false leads and mishandled evidence, taking listeners deep into a sector of international development that's marked by high-level corruption and rampant violence. Blood River debuts Monday, July 27th on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.